Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Movie Podcast Review of Rebel Moon. My name is Daniel, I am one of your hosts today, and joining alongside me for the final time in 2023, it's my fellow Rebels, it's Shabazz. Hello there, Rebel Mate. And it is Anthony. What's up? I'm not doing any more voices. I'm going to end 2023 with a with a normal voice. With a clean slate. You're going clean slate. I was going to go like full, it is my rebels. But I'm like, no, it's too. That's too intense for the end of the year. We're, this is a joyous celebration. I'm wearing friggin' Christmas lights around my, my neck right now. We have to be happy. Yeah, Christmas be noose. Are they on? It's Christmas noose, man. It's not a Christmas <laughs> noose. No, they're not on. I was going to turn them on, but it may be a little distracting. One, to the audience yeah, watching this and also to me because it'll be like, oh, there's lights blinding me as I'm trying to record this final episode of the year. We made it. This is our final episode of the year. And we are talking about one of the most anticipated films of the year, Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. And we are talking about it in full spoilers so rebel moon is out now on netflix i want to say thank you to our friends at netflix for one inviting us to the premiere in la to talk to the cast those interviews are all up now on youtube on all podcast feeds shay absolutely killed it he's going to talk more about his experience in la very very soon but go check out all of that incredible uh, content, uh, even though we pay calling it that. Go check all of that out on YouTube, on all podcast feeds. We got a comment the other day saying, like, I've been listening to you guys for a year and I didn't know you were on YouTube. And I was like, oh, no, that makes me so sad. But I'm so glad that you found us. So please, if you didn't know, if you are listening to this in your car right now, if you're working out at the gym, if you want to see our faces youtube.com slash the movie podcast everything you need to know is in the show notes below including links to all of our socials to our discord if you want to continue the conversation after this episode go check that all out because there are so many places that interact with us i totally get you can miss it because we talk about a lot we throw a lot of things at you in these episodes but yeah youtube discord social media all in the show notes below But before we get to Rebel Moon, I need to ask you guys, this is the final episode of the year. We started the year off with Megan. We're ending it with Rebel Moon. What a year that we had. I want to ask you guys, what is probably your highlight of the year? Just one moment. I know it's hard to narrow it down. But Shay, I'm going to get you to start us off. What was your peak movie podcast moment? Hashtag peak movie podcast moment. Wow, that's a a loaded question, dude. Um, It is. 
maybe when we got to do our live show for Fan Expo, I think uh, transitioning from doing these, you know, audio and video based episodes to doing a full on live show, uh, that's pretty high up there, I'd say. Yeah. That, that was a big one. And it's funny that you said like transitioning from like these audio and videos and Anthony and I were going through our previous episodes from last year and to see where like, okay, it was around the end of last year that our video quality got a lot better. Our production kind of really changed. And it's wild that it feels like we've always had our show looking and sounding like this, but then you go a year and a half ago, you're like, Oh wow, that's drastically different. So we hopefully 2024, we look back at these episodes and be like, wow, Look how disgusting we sound and ugly we look. And 2024 will be only better. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. Anthony, how about you? What is your peak movie podcast moment of 2023? Probably going on, yeah, going on the trip to London and experiencing the you know Citadel event and being part of the interviews and just being with you guys in an environment like that. That was like a huge experience for us. I know the prior year we were at Rings of Power, but this year we were. Uh, we had the opportunity to go to Europe, which is great, and England being a first for many of us. But yeah, I think that's one of the biggest standouts. I had so much fun on that trip. We did, yeah. It was absolutely incredible. London was going to be my answer as well, too. We had our Christmas dinner last night between the three of us, and that's also something that I look forward to every single year because we were just, one, starving and I think we cleaned the place out food-wise. Uh, but it was so good. It was so good. And we all gave each other gifts. And it was merry. It's a great time of the year. It's a great time. Of, it's just the best time of the year. It really is so much fun. So we're so excited to finally be at the end of the road of the movie podcast for 2023. We're not going anywhere. Like, we're the show's not ending. We're just, you know, taking a little bit of a break. But there will be episodes out in January. So stay tuned for all of that and more. Because this is the movie podcast. You can catch brand new episodes in 2024 with news um, episodes interviews reviews and all the latest movies and series and games there's so much already on our schedules for next year so stay tuned for all of that and more like i said our show notes have everything you need to do to follow us on socials join our discord and see our faces on youtube youtube go find us go like subscribe do whatever you need to do on youtube but today is all about rebel moon this is directed by Zack snyder and it stars a huge cast and a cast that was guests on the movie podcast earlier this week so make sure you go check out that interview shay i would love for you to start us off give us your first reactions to rebel moon rebel moon is absolutely massive and it has some really amazing moments but so much this movie just does not work a lot of it just feels like it's pieced together and i want to give a huge shout out to Zack snyder though for always having the drive and the vision to want to push things forward with storytelling but i think it's the storytelling in this film that it never feels cohesive it never feels like it kind of blends together a little bit of backstory about this movie as well. There is a Snyder Cut version of this movie that is poised to come out at some point in probably the new year that's meant to be rated R, that's meant to be longer, that's meant to fill in a lot of the gaps. And a lot of that stuff is kind of the issues that I have with this movie. It just feels like vignettes of different moments that we're kind of piecing together character to character to character, almost with no connective tissue. And then you're just kind of like, and the movie's done. A lot of this film is reminiscent to something like Seven Samurai, Magnificent Seven, ragtag bunch of misfits being gathered together to fight the big, the bigger cause here. Uh, and the bigger cause here is played by the absolutely wonderful Ed Skrein, who I think is 
so damn good in this movie. He's so menacing. He's got this really, and he says it in the interview, he's not going to do the PG-13 happy fun version. He's really evil. Yeah, you really do feel that. But also in this film, he's not in it at enough for you to fully feel the weight and, and devastation that the mother world is bringing here. Um, a lot of the other characters are also really good in this movie. But again, because they're so few and far between and they're kind of just given their moments to shine and then that's about it, you kind of start to either forget about them or you kind of forget like what is the end purpose of this movie. Technical issues aside, there are there's a there's a lot of spotty CGI in this movie. The things that I really liked about this movie, though, are the the character dynamics. I think they all are really fun. I think there's a lot of potential in each character that you kind of see in this movie. But because again, you spend so much time away from them, sometimes you just kind of feel like I totally forgot what was so important about this character or why we were spending so much time on here. You have awkward camera angles. You have some weird camera abrasions that I'm sure you guys are going to talk about as well. And I think. The, the biggest crime this movie kind of commits is it takes a lot of time to set up what it's trying to do. You, you don't really get to your first action sequence till about 20, 30 minutes into this movie. And by the time that comes, it also feels so cut down because you can tell it's meant for rated R. It's meant to be bloodier and more violent, but it just cuts in between these more graphic moments. So there's, there's some, there's potential in this movie. And I think it's so easy to dunk on Zack Snyder, but the man has a vision. The man clearly is passionate about what he's making. He loves this world. A lot of this is original content in terms of the characters he's creating um, and the the names of these things. Again, a lot of it, though, is borrowed and um, paying homage to things that we've seen before. But you can't knock the man for trying something that is, is, is he's trying his hardest to really give us this singular purpose of purposeful vision that I feel like hopefully in this R-rated cut really makes more sense and really is deeper and more rich. But so far in this PG-13 cut that we've seen, it just kind of feels all just thrown together and frankly feels kind of boring at times. I want to jump in right where you're, you're talking about this R-rated cut because, again, forgive me if I'm wrong. Did we not just go through this exact same thing with Justice League? Like, like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm playing like a party, but like, like, why are we doing this again? Why are we waiting for an R-rated cut to save a movie? It's just so strange to me that we're we're going through this 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 cycle again. And and here's the thing: I really like Zack Snyder. I'm 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 a big fan of his of his, especially his earlier work. You know, there's moments of greatness w- with his work within the DCEU, and there's moments that I really liked in Army of the Dead, and there's moments I really liked in Rebel Moon. But it's just like it's just very strange to me that we're almost trying to recreate. The, the the Snyder Cut movement released the Snyder Cut where it's like no but we had the ability to tell this story from the get go as an R rated whatever he wanted to do because it really feels like this film was made in his vision and then cut down afterwards because we're getting so many action sequences where it's clearly cut down it's clearly like oh like we're we're like there's jump cuts that you don't really typically see and and zach is really great at shooting action he's really great at shooting action but there are moments where it's just like hold on we're jumping like ahead we're missing a lot it's frame strange because it feels like it's having to tone back before it really gives you the main course with the r-rated cut isn't the main reason for zach being on netflix was to have him have complete control over his movie and tell his story and get it across to people and you're telling me that there's two versions of the story why why are we making that 
the thing about this film? Why isn't it just you can't manufacture this 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 marketing movement? You can't manufacture it. Yeah, you can't you can't make it happen again. You can't recreate the Snyder Cut movement. You can't recreate no. Barbenheimer. You can't re- you can't make Fetch happen. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like things like that where it's like we just went through this. Like it's literally the Snyder Cut of Justice League came out two years ago. We don't need to go through the motions of this again. And it's great to know that there's an R-rated cut coming. It's great to know that people don't have to campaign for it and, you know, go on social media and have bots, you know, continuously make this movement happen and trend and stuff like that. But it's just like, I'm like, I I just would have hoped that from the get-go, this would have been like, here's my clear unapologetic vision of what I want to show to the world and i feel like he got it in army of the dead but it's just strange with rebel moon that it feels like it's holding back before it really you know showcases itself and now it's like okay there's gonna be two versions of this film we know part two is scheduled to come out in april so the r-rated cut must be coming hopefully before that is the april part two release also going to be pg-13 before the r-rated cut comes out after that so it's like it's like you want to get into this world, but it's like it's like it's putting barriers in front of you before you could fully immerse yourself in it. I have a lot more to say, but Anthony, I'd love for you to uh, start us up with your first reactions. I really wish we were celebrating this film. I really, I really do wish because I, I, I do like I do like Zack Snyder's eye. You know, I love how he captures um, action sequences and the looks of his movies have a distinct look and they, they always pop and I, I'm always, I always enjoy it. I, but like for the past 10 years or maybe more, because I can't remember you know, when Batman versus Superman came out, I feel like it was what, 20, 2016. Okay. So less than 10 years, but since then it's almost like when he, he was given control over the movies that he was making from the script to everything about it, he started to kind of go wild, you know, like it's almost to the point where it's like we let him out of his cage in a sense. And he's just the way he tells the stories are not really good anymore. Like rebel moon is not an epic space opera. It's not an original. And at many times it's blatant ripoff of movies from the past. Like there are literally Leo moments of me pointing at the screen saying, Hey, that scene is from that movie. That character is from that movie. And it's, and it's not just star Wars. There's so many different things. There's literally an Urukai in this movie. And I cannot not see that. <laughs> like you, you, if you are yeah. in this world, you love cinema, you love movies, you love huge epics. There is characters and sequences that you can point at and say that's from that and it's not just you know it's not just an homage to it it's not a um uh tribute a tribute to it it's almost like a fake replication of that scene and i'm just like man like we're touting this movie as a creative endeavor that it's all original but you are taking everything that we've seen in cinema and movies before, and we're putting them into one spot and we're not giving it its own twist, its own unique, distinct look. It's very much like those scenes from those movies. Um, but yeah, you know, it's one thing to be inspired by another film, but it's another thing to just be a, a replica of another film and no disrespect to Zack Snyder. He's not a really good storyteller. Like this is again, a movie where the story 
of these characters and the lore the exposition is so bloated that it drags the film to it's to the ground like it just pulls you through this mud of what is happening in this universe why do i care about these characters and you're just continuously being forced all this information and you're just like why 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 are we cutting this movie like this why are we editing like this the opening sequence of this spaceship just coming out of whatever portal and this narration by anthony hopkins and all i could hear is nothing because everything he was saying was absolutely nothing it meant nothing a lot of jargon and i was just a lot of jargon like it was such exposition drops right it was such it was just like oh here's the mother world and this this clan and this people and, th- and it was just like all overload of like okay should i be taking notes right now because I, I need to reference this later it's a lot to keep up with right it just it's all set up for like oh five other films that are coming you know and i get it i know zach is setting up a new world for for the you know these characters and the explanation of this universe that he's created but the way rebel moon approaches the story is really like it lacks vision and it lacks pacing and to think this is zach's passion project which has right now has turned out to be a big disappointment we were talking about how much this film borrows from you know other sci-fi universes from seven samurai from the magnificent seven a lot the matrix the matrix we are talking about cora who's played by uh, sofia botella who you got to speak to shay her origin story legit is gamora in uh, infinity war it's like scene for scene exactly the same where it's like you see her as a kid with like the the main bad guy uh the the king what what whatever his name is and i'm like oh wow like that's Belisarius. yeah it's just like wow like this is exactly like this guy's coming kills her kills her world takes her as like his adoptive daughter and raises her as you know an instrument of war and it's like oh my god this is this is literally gomorrah like what the heck uh so it's just like it's just interesting how there's so many moments of it and then you'll have moments where like oh that's actually a cool scene or or that looks really cool so it's such a hodgepodge of just everything thrown into the mix with rebel moon and it's very very reminiscent like how it started with star wars literally even just panning down from the stars and, and we're getting an, an an exposition dump it's not i'm surprised it wasn't you know an opening crawl of text it was just anthony hopkins just uh, throwing stuff at us but you know something that we've always said we're like man like Zack snyder has such an incredible vision for his films and he, and he does and you look at 300 you look at watchmen you look at man of steel you look at some beautifully shot films um and and they're gorgeous and the framing and everything and zach always has that eye to make things feel huge but what re- has really annoyed me with the last three of his projects and they're and it's funny that all three of these projects have been shot by zach snyder so if we're going to the justice league snyder cut the nightmare sequence specifically that was shot by zach in his backyard or wherever he and he did this in army of the dead and he did this a lot in rebel moon he does this focus where everything except like the character's eyes or like main area of their face is like this is in focus but everything else is blurred out and it's like a radial blur around it so it like messes with your perception and you could like if you if you've seen um obviously the joker and the nightmare sequence in the end of justice league snyder cut you'll know what i'm talking about where you almost don't even see jared leto it's just like so zoomed out out of focus in and out he did an army of dead and he does that a lot here so it makes it a little um 
hard to look at in some scenes where it makes like my like my eyes were literally just like oh wow like that's that's it's it's hard to focus on it because physically it hurts and i was like wow that's that's so strange zach like you have such a vision for your films and there's other moments in this film that look great but it's like wow like that focus just doesn't look that strong in this world and i think it only highlights the facts where we do have a lot of spotty cgi and environments that it only makes them look more spotty and a little bit more uh, gobbledygook around everything that's happening. I, I think the biggest crime of this movie as well is that it's clearly hiding a better film. And I think that's what's bothering me. There's yes. there's, there's something in here that is a lot better. Either it's not going to connect to you story-wise or it'll still have the the, the blatant kind of rip-offs in a way of, of past sci-fi and whatever. But the action is at least what we were coming for when you come to Zack Snyder, the visuals. And I feel like since so much of that seems so trimmed down and funneled through the system of being PG-13, you lose so much of what potentially could be a really good or fun movie at minimum. And I think that's what really bothers me about this. I think you're hoping that you watch this movie and you have the goodwill of the people to go and watch it again when the rated R version comes out. We're all going to watch the rated R version when it comes out. Not because we love this version so much that we want to see the next, but it's like, we want to see what could have been. What was supposed to be. What was supposed to be. Not even yeah, what could have been. What was, what was supposed, supposed to be. To be right? And I think that's what bothers me. It's like, it, it should have been a beautiful moment of like, I want to watch this movie again, but now you're kind of making me go, I have to watch this movie again because I really need to know, did you actually have something a lot better planned underneath the glitz and glamour of it all? But do you really think that a rated R cut of this story could make this story better. It's not going to like change the script. Not it's the not like story. Not the story. Right. But that's the exact same thing that we asked with Justice League, right? People, are, and I know Justice League was a different, uh, a different scenario with it being like, okay, they reshot so much of it, they cut out so much of it. I, I totally get it. But there's clearly when we are watching this together, Anthony, last night, we're like, this is so bizarre. It really feels like, and then characters would reference stuff that would happen. I'm like, oh, like they probably that probably happened and even in our interview shay that they, the character was saying like yeah like the r-rated cut like you're gonna understand a lot more and it's like that just seems so strange to hold back on like pr like crucial stuff again i'm not like i don't hate this movie i don't think it's a terrible film not at all i just it, i'm more upset that i'm like wow like we i feel like we were you know we didn't get the film that we were supposed to get from from the get-go and that's what's more frustrating about it because i want Zack snyder to do well i want him to after the awful situation that happened with justice league and his the, his personal life and everything i was just like this guy needs the wins right and you know he started that army that was really popular for him which is great and i'm like you know what give him a new universe to tell stories in and i think this is a a foot that's like you're not even opening the door yet like you're just oh this is just like the not even an appetizer this is like give us the real film give us the this, this proper script that he wrote so we could actually you know judge this movie for what it really is supposed to be but you have to be a you also have to be a fan of Zack snyder's mind in a sense like this movie is not accessible to a lot of people like when you compare it to Star Wars or or other big epic journeys, there is a distinct look to this film. And Shay, you said it yesterday. It's like Kill Zone. Like it has this Kill Zone diesel punk vibe. Like not a lot of people like that look. And there's not. I don't think there's a huge audience to 
replicate the amount of money Netflix is looking to to get back for from for these two films. So I I was watching it and I kept thinking, man, like Zack Snyder needs to sometimes step out of his mind and really look at what do people like about his movies as well as the movies that are currently around for the past 10 years and really create the story. Cause I was looking at this stuff and oh man, I'm like, like what, what, like none of this, none of it. And I love, I love pretty much anything that's creative comics, whatever you put in front of me. I love steampunk, cyberpunk, diesel punk, but I was looking at this and I'm, I just kept thinking, I do not like any of this. I do not like this, the, the characters, what they look like, how they dress, the 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 environments that they're in. What is a bit? What is it about this movie that he thought I would love about it? What you know? You mentioned the characters, Anthony, and and the the, the diesel punk. Uh, Ed Skrine's character, like at one point, puts on a tie, and I don't know why. Like it's a silly thing that the pick on, but like it almost stands out so much. Where it's just like it's like if like if we were watching Star Wars and you saw somebody with a bow tie or something, you're like, oh. Like it just feels like out of place for that world. But I think that's that's where I'm also struggling. It's like because you have this group of characters, this ragtag bunch that's coming together, and you want to root for them. But I also don't really understand what the mother worlds why they're so evil. Like in Star Wars, you get why, you know, Darth Vader and the Empire, they're evil and all that. But in this film, I'm like, okay, they're coming to steal their crops. Like it's like Bugs Life. The 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 grasshoppers are here to you know take the food from the ants, um, and then they go out and get help. Magnificent Seven, all of that. Which, by the way, we realized last night for the first time. We blew our mind that a Bugs night, Life yeah. is the Magnificent Seven, Seven Samurai. I was like, I don't know. I didn't even <laughs> notice this. How didn't we know? How didn't we know? But it was so funny. Um, that was such a that was such a great moment of realization for us. We're like, wow, we're idiots. Yeah, that's we're we're big dummies. Watching these characters and we we hung out so much on their planet, where it just feels like Korra should be our Luke Skywalker. She should be our. She's thrusted on this adventure, and we're seeing everything that happened that's happening through her and it feels like we spend so much time away from her and then it just cuts like to them assembling this team there's no tissue connected tissue between these vignettes of getting these team members together it literally will just cut to okay you're here now and you're going to uh you got to collect charlie hunnam's character and charlie hunnam is in a scene for like 10 minutes and they keep cutting to him before he even says anything and then throughout this film it's like he's there just in the background. I'm like, man, Charlie Hunnam hasn't said anything in like 30 minutes. And it's like, he's supposed to be like a main cast member. Same with Jimon Hanzu and all of these members of the team. Like they're just there, but so much time is spent away from them that you never really feel like you're getting to know them or what they are, what their, what their hopes and dreams are, why they hate the, the mother world. And, and that's what was really disappointing because I like all of these actors. I liked their characters when we were introduced to them but we were never given anything more to really attach ourselves to them. So when turns happen, and again, we're talking spoilers here, when Charlie Hunnam turns out to betray them, I was just like, where the hell did that come from? I forgot. I forgot we could do spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, like, but that's but you the knew thing, it. right? That's it's also like, was coming. Like you knew someone in this group was going to betray them because that's, this is, is such a plot device that's used in all the other movies out there that Zach is now wants it in his movie. You knew it was yeah, going to happen. But it's just like, but, 
but we knew nothing about Charlie Hunnam. No. He was just kind of there. And then he gets a, you know, a, a minute scene with Sophia on the ship. And then literally like a couple minutes later, it's just like, Oh, do, do, I'm going to betray you. And everyone's I'm calling the, the empire or the mother worlds to I'm calling Ed Scrine to come get you. And it's just like, Oh, like it's just so strange. And again, you know that this is cut down, you know, that there's a better version of this film that we're going to hopefully get soon that, so much of the violence and everything in the action sequence feels so awkwardly cut because they just felt like they were trimming it down to hit a PG 13 rating where it's just like, you have these debts that yeah. just kind of like feel lackluster, like Ray Fisher, just like boom, dead. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like we kind of just met you, but sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Again, I, I literally said we could talk spoilers and I forgot I know, I that keep we forgetting as well. I'm like, oh shit. And I'm like, Oh my God, here we go. Yeah. And Ray Fisher, that, that's another one where it's just like, man, like he was a cool looking character. I'm like, he seemed awesome. Cool and then it's like, Oh, he, he, he just dies. Mm-hmm. We're like, Oh, but we just, we just yeah. met you dude. Like, but then it makes you feel like, man, are we going to get like a spinoff film of his character? Are we going to get an animated series? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's so much world building happening. Like a cine- cinematic universe that Zach wants to build. And that's great, but you got to make us care about these characters a little bit more. Give us your full vision so we could be on that wavelength with you. Like Zach, I will watch whatever you release, man. But I really wish that uh, rebel moon, like my first experience with rebel moon was what Zach wanted it to be for us in terms of the script, whatever, you know, R rated version of it with the violence and these characters, it just feels that there's a lot taken out when we know that there's a better movie in there coming. And you said it yesterday, Daniel, that you, when you were watching it, you said, does Zach want this, wants this to be a, a, a TV series? Cause you know, if you gave Ray Fisher's character enough time, cause I understand that no one's safe in this world, but not in this way, because when you present someone like this character in front of the screen within five minutes, he's, he's gone. You kind of build them up and you destroy him. It would have made more sense in a TV series where at the end of the, you know, the eight episode arc, he would pass. And that was like, no one's, no right. one's at, no one's safe in this world. When you see it in this, it just feels cheap. Like, it's like, oh, well, we have to get rid of him because he's not part of the rest of the story. Then why have him there? Why, like, why put so much emphasis on his character then? Why make him have these speeches and build up the, the trust of these soldiers when you were just going to just throw him away so easily? Especially because he's introduced so late, right? It's like, okay, we're or like, you're supposed to be a member of the team. Uh, another thing that annoyed me when we, when we met like Jenna Malone's spider character, which is terrifying. Amada? And it just seems like, hold on. Yeah, there seems like there's a whole other story going on on this planet right now that we're but we're trying to collect this other you know warrior to join them. But now we're kind of in the middle. It's like, hold on, did we come in mid mid scene here? Like, is there like there's a whole spider person here who's stealing baby? Like, like I, I literally felt like did, did I skip ahead? Like, did I did I skip a scene here? And it's just like, no, that's just like it just feels like it's jumping point to point to point to point and then where this film ends with them all kind of just like looking out like you know we're uh we're going to get our revenge or we're going to do our thing it's like oh oh i i guess sure didn't this movie also feel like it kind of had a couple of false endings like when they were looking out to the to the horizon i was like oh it's going to end here and then it just cuts to like another moment with ed scrine and i'm like oh okay we're 
we're still continuing this movie. Okay. Like it just kind of felt like a lot yeah. of false endings right before we got to the final ending. Like I wasn't even sure until the credits came up. I'm like, is this movie done? Yeah. And I think for me, like personally, like I- I'm not a fan of when films are called part one, part two. I do not like that. We've said that with Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, which again, a movie I really, really loved, but it's like, get rid of the part two. You could just end the story there, continue with a different subtitle the next time. Rebel Moon feels like it should have, as an entry into a new world, feels like it should have maybe told a, a simple story like A New Hope was. Simple, basic story. And then as the story continues, you're going bigger, you're going greater. Right now, I feel like I had not even half the story because the this, this first half that we got is so trimmed down. It feels like I'm, I'm, I haven't gotten anything of substance until whatever part two is going to be in whenever R rated cuts like a teaspoon of information. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's, what's really frustrating. It's like, you're already giving us half a story. Uh, you, there's no complete ending to the story. And again, that's fine. That's what you want to do. Sure. I'm just saying I'm not a fan of part one, part two. It just like, but if you are going to give us a part one, at least give us everything. You know what I mean? Across the spider verse, half of the main story that's happening, but where that movie ends, I'm like, okay, at least I got a proper arc here and then we're going to see where that arc extends and beyond the spider-verse i think dune does a good job of that too actually exactly dune is another one where it's like okay dune part one i get it this is half of the larger story that's happening same with lord of the rings lord of the rings fellowship two towers return of the king they at least had their own subtitles but when you finish fellowship when you finish two towers you like you feel at least like okay this feels like this section of these of these movies and then we're going to continue there was a complete story that was being told. This one just felt like it was just jumping around so much. Yeah, the pacing is just, it's everywhere because that opening with 20 minutes, it's so long. And then when you get to the point where, you know, Cora is going to grab her team, it's one after the other after the other, and she's in a battle. And your mind, as you're watching it, cannot like disconnect from the beginning because you've just you know when you when you watch something like that you're just set to okay so what happened to those those farmers who had to like do their feet their their the i don't know gather the, the food for them yeah. like what yeah. happened to that other food right it just we just left them we just we dipped it doesn't matter right like people will say well it doesn't matter but it it does because when you pace well, out a they've story got it's, nine this weeks is the, to do it right they've got nine weeks so i guess the way the story's being told is we're building up to the ninth week i guess yeah but, but the, uh, is it because we don't even really get a progression of we time right and and even then it's like the whole point of this story cora going on this adventure is to protect her her homeland right so it's like we should at least be checking in what's going on back at we home should. we should we and don't. i'm sure the r-rated cut will tell yeah, us that we forget like w- w- maybe maybe it will maybe it won't but we how though what is it gonna tell us it's just they're all having what's sex the they're, all, they're all having sex on the planet what R-rated so mean- when they cut back they're just banging <laughs> and then they cut back and they're like fighting damn that, no but that's yeah like guys we really should be cropping these these stop, plants right stop now having please. Sex, please get out of the room <laughs> and this is just as typical Zack snyder like he has this huge vision and puts all these things together because i kept thinking of like batman versus superman where he put everything in that movie right like he put all wonder woman freaking batman superman doomsday lex luther all these flash everyone all these things into one movie and now he has the opportunity to really take the time to tell the story and he's cut everything out from what might have helped make this movie more make sense 
but it still doesn't because you know that even if he once he this r-rated cut comes out the story is still the same there's not much you can change the violence is not going to change my perspective on what these characters feel like and what the overall journey is for these uh you know the hero's journey in the sense for these characters it's it is something that again for the last couple of films that we watched a story that just does not translate well on screen maybe in a book maybe in a fucking eight episode eight series giant set book set this should have came out first and then made a movie but right now he's trying to make a book into a movie a but he's trying to make a book movie into a movie that hasn't really established itself. I'm, I'm, I'm as confused sense, you know by I'm that saying? statement like, dude, as I was watching man, this movie. Uh, you, it, that's something. That's something. You know, you know what I'm trying to you. say. You know what I'm trying to I say. I think so. It's like a yeah. book. Was, uh, it's like I'm a book. It's like words but it's not a paper book movie yet. <laughs> dude, I'm just saying. Like Zack Snyder is like this is this is this giant book that I have in my mind. I'm going to make a movie out of it, but I haven't written the book yet. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. I get it. So, something as well that that also kind of was interesting about this movie was we didn't get any needle drops, at least not that I remember. You know, Zack Snyder no, famous for no. pop rock song coming in at a random point during a fight sequence. We didn't kind of get any of that, but we did get a score from Tom Hulkenberg, aka Junkie XL, who he's worked with in the past. That isn't very memorable and just kind of also feels like cut up stuff from previous films that like. And then at the end, they were like, hey, Zach, I've got all this stuff that I never used. Is this going to work in Rebel Moon? Yeah, that sounds fine. Let me go ahead and add it in. There's a lot of, there, and that's something that with the music too, uh, uh, the music does feel like it very reminiscent of Snyder Cuts or an Army of the Dead, where it's like, oh, like there's definitely these like similar t- sounding drums that feel very like DCU, early DCU with like this, this, like the swelling of drums and percussion and things like that. I'm like, yeah, it's very reminiscent of, you know, Man of Steel and things like that. But it also just felt like, like a lot of noise. Cause there's a lot happening in these, in this film too, right? When it is, when there is action or there is, you know, traveling, there's a lot going on. So I didn't, there, there was no real main theme or anything that I latched onto. And like, again, you, you think of like binary sunset, you think of like these, these scores that really put you in the mind of the character. And I really wish Cora, because I like Sophia Batella in this role too. I just wish that we got to know her more because in that first 20 minutes, so much. And, and we were kind of like laughing at this. So many of her scenes after she's talking, it's just like, you see here, someone just looks at her and she's just from afar, like, like looking at but like kind of, kind of, kind of sad, like kind of sad, you know, she's, she's hiding away. Yeah. She's just like looking from afar. Like, yeah, yeah. She's hiding away from like, from everyone. And it's just like, Oh, like, but wait, I want to, what's, what's, what's going on? What's going on in your mind? So it just feels like whenever, like we said this before, it's like, there's like a story going on over here, but we're looking, the camera's looking this way for some reason. And I, and I, again, we're going to see what's going to happen when, you know, the full R rated story extravaganza releases, but it just really feels like it's style over substance. And there's a, there's a, a better movie hiding or, or being held from us until then. I think the movie should have opened up with Cora narrating what is exactly happening in this universe hundred percent as a soldier, as like, you know, like, you know, something where it showcases her as a going through the ranks, becoming the soldier, becoming the super warrior as she's narrating. And then it cuts to her, you know, like pulling the ground up, you know, like when she was, she was feeling the, the the mud or the getting the rocks out of the ground. Yeah. And where she is now. Cause uh, yeah, like I'm so, I'm so annoyed by it. 
when it could have been so much better. Let's get to our final recommendations of the year for Rebel Moon. Anthony, I'm going to get you to start us off. You know, this is the first year in the past two years that a December movie hasn't been a real gem for me. Last year was Babylon and people didn't like that, but I thought, I think in the long term, it'll be one of the greatest films ever made. Uh, the year prior to that was Licorice Pizza. This movie is a ghost landed for me. Uh, I don't know if we do ghost shadows of the ghost land or whatever. Prisoners, <laughs> prisoners of the ghost <laughs> land. Of the ghost land. <laughs> I don't know if we do prisoners of the ghost land anymore, but this is a definite prisoners of, of, of the ghost land. It's a movie that's not even skippable. It's don't ever see it. You pass it, pass by it, wave at it and just keep looking straight. Keep looking at the other Netflix stuff. You know, for, for myself, I'm, I'm, I'm actually torn because I don't think it was a, a horrible movie or even a bad movie. I just feel like it's so, it's such just a basic pulse of a film that I wasn't really moved in any direction. And I think maybe that, maybe that's the bigger crime where it really didn't make me feel anything. Um, there are characters that I like. I really liked Ed Skrine. I liked Sophia Batella. But again, like there's so much that is being withheld that's it, it just really makes me feel a little indifferent. So as a Zack Snyder fan, and again, I, I was thinking, I'm like, oh, should I say like, you know, for Zack Snyder fans, you'll love it. Well, I'm a Zack Snyder fan and I didn't love it. So, I mean, your mileage is going to vary for it. I think if you're, if you're curious, again, it's a big blockbuster. We don't really have a lot of big blockbusters um, in December other than Aquaman. And you could hear our review of that. I would say maybe give the first half an hour a shot on Netflix. And if it's, if you're digging the vibe then stay with it, but if not, then you could skip it. Shabazz take us home for the final time this year. Give us your final recommendations. You know, Daniel, I'm right there with you. It, it's, it's, it's such an interesting place to kind of be in because I thought this whole review, since I watched this film, I've been trying to put together in words, like how I really feel about it and how I want audiences to kind of, take a recommendation and i've been so torn i'm like is this an add to the queue is this a skip it and i'm kind of like in between both i think i think your suggestion of watching the first 30 minutes is a great point to kind of start off with but truly i think if you're a zach center fan you're a diehard fan this is one that you can actually add to your queue i i, I don't think that this is going to be the one that's going to be like i've been waiting for this anybody else this is going to be a skip it you're, you're not going to connect with the world you're not going to love what you're seeing and I'm so hopeful, and maybe this is naivety, but I'm hopeful that this rated R cut fills in a lot of the holes that I'm feeling and maybe becomes just either an add to the queue or a or maybe even a watch it. I, I I'm I'm hopeful. I maybe I sound crazy. I don't know, but there's there's something there that I feel like I'm seeing a little bit behind the curtain. I'm seeing the Wizard of Oz, and then I'm kind of being told, no, it's not there at all. So uh yeah, I'd say Add it to the queue if you're a Snyder fan. Watch that first 30 minutes, and then if you're feeling it, cool, go ahead. But for everybody else, this is a skip it. It's such a it's such a asterisk asterisk one asterisk, of the few asterisk, films asterisk. like that. Because again, <laughs> like, like you said, Daniel, it, it didn't offend me. Yeah. It didn't upset me, and I never felt like, oh, this is a bad movie. I was just kind of like, this isn't a very good movie. Like I just kind of felt like, oh, I'm not really enjoying did it. it. Did it waste your time though? Did you feel like, man, I wasted my time watching no, this? No, I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't feel like I wasted my time. I did feel like that with another film that we just recently reviewed. This movie, I was like, I feel like 
because I think it's because of Zach's passion. I think it's because of Zach's drive that I felt that through the screen that I was like, I I'm feeling like he wants to tell me something, but, but someone is else is in this room right now that's saying don't tell him you know <laughs> but but <laughs> and also to, to be to be fair anthony as well too even if i strongly dislike a movie uh, in my head like i'll never be like oh that was a waste of my time like that but that's just my mentality for it but but but, but, I, but, Daniel, I, but I get if, what if you're kid, saying though i get what you're saying if though but if, 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 if it's different if we're, rec- if we're recommending it to people that's a different story though so i get that but if a director is has a vision for a film but he selfishly this movie's literally just made for him that's a problem for me. That's a waste of my time. And that's what I, when I saw this movie, I'm like, this is just Zack Snyder's greatest thing that he, he wanted to see and make and have happen. And he did it. And it's, a, it's not good. And that's, a, and he should have seen that too. He should have seen, seen like, man, like this is the, the script that I wrote or the, the visual effects that I made, the, the cinematography, which is super distracting, is not what my vision for this movie was in my head yeah. and that's that's a big I, thing for me i get that no 100 and, and you're not wrong yeah. zach will never acknowledge it but he needs to acknowledge it. oh yeah and and that's the thing right i mean like at this point and, and that's the thing anthony it's like at this point it's like we've seen we know who zach snatter is up to this point and especially when he starts to tell more original stories and you look at you know the direction that batman vs superman went in what just the snyder cut of justice league went in army of the dead all of that like Zack Snyder, like this is 100% his DNA. And it's like, I, I, I'm not surprised this movie turned out this way because it's like, yeah, like what, what the most recent Zack Snyder, like isms, they're all on full effect and turn up to a thousand on, on rebel moon. So it's like, I'm not, I'm not surprised either way, but I, but I really do hope in, in all honesty, I really hope that Zack goes back to working with cinematographers. Cause I think Zack is so great at explaining his vision. You look at how his work with Larry Fong and like all these other incredible cinematographers as he's worked with, I think he should focus on directing. And if he wants to focus more on writing, sure. But him being behind the camera now, I think that adds another layer to his plate that he doesn't have to balance. You know, being a cinematographer and worrying about all of that is a lot of work. Focus on directing a movie. That is hard enough. You know, have a cinematographer that you work with because the, the, the you'll Share see the when load. you watch the film, or Share if you the watch load. it, you know, like, you know, like, there's just a lot that I'm like, like physically, I'm like, wow, this is straining on my eyes because I don't know how my eyes are supposed to look at this. It's so frustrating. And that's what I, I was like, oh my God, like, like this looks so weird and it makes your sets look smaller. It looks your, vi- your visual effects look more unfinished. It's just, it's a, it's a very interesting uh, way of approaching, um, you know, shooting a movie. That was... The final movie podcast review of 2023. I cannot believe we've made it. It's been one hell of a year and we cannot wait to do it again in 2024. So there'll be lots of new ways to support us next year. We love what we're doing here on the movie podcast. And as we always say, we're doing this because of you, you watching this, you listening to this show, um, has given us so much opportunity and we cannot thank you all enough. We wish you all a Merry Christmas, happy holidays, whatever you're celebrating uh, thank you for celebrating with us and we hope you have a great new year. We cannot wait to be back. We have so much planned already for you in the new year. So stay tuned for all of that and more, you know, where to follow us, check out our show notes below for everything you need to know and more. That was this time with the movie podcast and we'll see you in 2024.